Hello, everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to be doing a beginner's guide to occult forces because we've noticed there's a lot more people interested in this topic. There's a lot of people talking about, quote unquote, the occult. And so we really want to just kind of lay out our own perspective based a lot on Bernhard's research about this topic and just give people an overview. So anyone who's unfamiliar with this topic, anyone who's curious to learn more about this topic, this will give you a basic overview on like our framework and our research about this topic. And we're really going to talk about how our reality is really embedded with this complex system of unseen worlds and is influenced by a cult, which basically just means hidden forces of a non-physical hyperdimensional reality. And there's really more to our reality than what our five senses can perceive. So right now we live in what we refer to as a materialistic paradigm not to be confused with consumerism, which is an aspect of it, but materialism, meaning that we believe that anything perceived with the, everything perceived with the five senses is real and spiritual uh, energies are not real. And so we really want to talk about how there can be not only hostile forces, but there's also divine insisting forces as well. And so we have this kind of paradox of these demonic and hostile deceptive forces and divine and assisting forces. So we're going to cover both. And then there's also another kind of force, which are earthbound spirits, which are basically spirits of deceased humans that have not made the transition to the next life and now are just trapped in the bardo realm and influencing humans and how there's really an importance to understand these occult forces because we talk and refer to a lot on our social media in our, sometimes our podcast about how there's a spiritual war and this spiritual war acts through us via these forces influencing us influence humanity at large and it's really currently intensifying. So all of the conflict and chaos that we see in the world is really a play of these forces upon humans. And, you know, how can, be, how can we be aware of these forces and especially the hostile forces um, specifically and protect ourselves from them? And how do we perhaps even open ourselves up to falling under their influence even unconsciously? And to really not get into victim blame with this, meaning like just blaming entities, blaming demons, it's all the demon's fault, because we really have to look at how these forces, even the more hostile, even the more demonic forces, can have a teaching function in the light of the evolution of consciousness. So in the rest of the podcast, we're really going dis to uh, discuss how these uh, malevolent entities will feed off certain emotions, how they can tempt certain humans with greed power, sex, working through them. We're going to give an overview of the various kinds of occult hostile forces in the various spiritual traditions. We're going to also talk about how these forces influence humans. They can even interfere or even attach to humans. And mainly the most important thing is how do we open ourselves up to their influence, even unconsciously, and how do we work with them to or work with our with work with ourselves to protect ourselves from them? So it's really important that we both develop the knowledge and become aware of how these hostile forces operate 
and become self-aware so that we can protect ourselves um, from them. So that's going to be the main part of the first hour. And before we get into it, um, I just want to give a shout out to our program, which is going, which is already in enrollment. We already have, it's already filling up quite fast. So it seems that these programs just fill up faster and faster um, as, as time goes on. So this is our Embodied Soul Awakening program, which is our main 14-week program in psycho-spiritual self-work. So this is a 14-week private online group coaching program where we go through a curriculum of psychological and spiritual self-work. And we limit it to 35 people. It's by application only. And this will be running in winter, so from January 8th to April 15th. So if you want to learn more about that, um, just go to www.thetimeoftransition.com. You'll get lots of information, lots of testimonials. You'll see what we're going to dive into. And if you want to join us, we recommend that you act soon because um, we, I think Bernhard has like a full week of like tons of calls already. So we could literally fill up in the next couple of weeks. Um, okay, so let's go into it. Um, where should we begin? Yeah, so as you mentioned uh, it's a quote-unquote beginner's guide to occult forces. I've been writing about this for over a decade. A lot of it on my website, veilofreality.com. I have a whole eight-hour webinar on this topic itself, which you can also find on my website. Um, but really, what I want to point out, as Lord has mentioned, occult simply means hidden. Okay, The word occult in itself doesn't mean evil. Occult, occultara, um, just hidden, concealed, and all of that. So... I use the phrase occult forces based on Sri Aurobindo's work from Integral Yoga, who calls the non-physical forces occult forces, the benevolent occult forces, hidden forces, forces of evolution, benevolent spirits, divine um, forces, so to speak, as well as malevolent, hostile forces, adverse forces, even demonic forces. And in this, uh, for especially the first hour, we want to more focus on the hostile forces. Uh, and then we go more into the other types, including earthbound spirits in the second hour. Um, <clears throat> so there are, it's important to understand that there's obviously more to our reality than we can perceive with our five senses. And a lot of people deny the existence of the non-physical entities, which have been given various names in various traditions, which I'll be touched upon shortly, simply because they cannot perceive it with the five senses and they cannot prove it with quote-unquote science. But I'll... Um, touch upon that shortly as well. So it's really important to understand <clears throat> the agenda of these malevolent entities and forces existing in a higher density, higher dimension that interfere with humanity and work through humans. Because these entities are basically feeding off of human consciousness. We are not on top of the food chain, <laughs> to say it bluntly. And food in this instance is not physical food, but certain frequencies Certain emotions, certain luge uh, is what these entities, these uh, beings feed upon and manipulate humans into generating, so to speak, right? Generating. Generating that kind of frequency and emotions. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also <laughs> want to note that there's various like hierarchies to these beings as well. You have like little kind of critters, like fairy kind of energies who just kind of mess with you, little tricksters to full-on, like, That's true. Yeah. Asuric demigods as well, ha, which yeah. are very powerful. So they have various degrees of power as well. Yeah, they're even 
benign, you know, little critters that don't do, do much, similar like in, in the animal kingdom, so to speak, just on a non-physical level, right? Yeah. So these malevolent entities, as I mentioned, feed off certain emotions and frequencies, predominantly reactive emotional turmoil that is projected externally, such as, you know, lower vibrational violence, anger, hate, envy, jealousy, lust, and sexual energy of the lower nature. That's a big topic. Fear, anxiety, also gossip, any kinds of shadow projections we do unconsciously, but also self-pity, self-loathing, right, which they feed off of as well, this louche energy as... Uh, Robert Monroe called it, just to name a few. That's uh, also self-pity, self-loathing is the same frequency as shame too. Yes. Which I would say a large majority of people have unconscious toxic shame, which they then project onto the world via moral righteousness. Yeah, So exactly. And these entities like to keep humanity in humans in this frequency prison of the lower nature, right? of the lower expressions uh, of these emotions. And it's not, it's a trap to uh, then trying to suppress these emotions or just trying to be positive and uplifting and all of that, that's fine and good. But we need to engage in the inner work to transmute, to integrate the shadow and even consciously work with these emotions. Then we connect to self and that's where we can really, which I go deeper into later, um, protect ourselves from these influences. But it's also important to understand that these occult forces throughout human history, throughout thousands of years, have tempt and do tempt humans with greed, power, and sex working through them. You have to understand that the war, work, the war is through us because they implant thoughts, certain suggestions, they have false spiritual beliefs in religious beliefs. A lot of the dogmatic religions, you know, um, the corrupted religions over time or have become corrupted by these forces. They're also behind the savior program and all of that and what do you mean by the savior program just for people i'll, who I'll go that okay. i'll go into this shortly okay right? uh, when i talk about the archons mm -hmm. but just want to give a rough overview um so for spiritual beliefs religious ideologies and beliefs and desires that are not your own or humans own right but we mistake them as our own this is one of the most important aspects that we never question where our desires come from our drives our sexual desires even and all of that all kinds of weird fetishes and wants and needs that are not necessarily our own but have been infused into us from these forces mm -hmm. right so that's just in a nutshell so to speak so uh well, i want to just give a little overview of these various kinds of occult hostile forces from various traditions right they all have their own cosmology or talk about these forces in their own ways, their own definitions, their own types, but they're all more or less talking about the same forces uh, with different names. For example, the Gnostics, they talked about uh, the archons, which are an alien force that intrudes subliminally upon the human mind and deviates our intelligence away from its proper and sane applications. Very interestingly, they claim that Working through telepathy and suggestions, the archons attempt to deviate us from our proper course of evolution. They have interfered with our harmonious evolution of um, humanity, kind of taken over humanity. Sri Aurobindo talks about that as well. And it's very interesting, according to the Gnostics, um, these archons' most successful technique is to use religious ideology to insinuate their way of thinking. And here we go with the Savior program. According to the Gnostics, the Judo-Christian salvationism is the primary ploy of the archons 
an alien implant. You mean the idea that like a second coming of Christ will come and that save us? That you need us. to accept Jesus as your savior, oh, to, to save saved. extern, all oh, of this yeah, savior yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. And after you really um, talk to true Christians who are deeply in the esoteric practice, they never, they also claim or have said that this whole Jesus savior idea is actually not based on true Christian teachings. It is a distortion of the Christian teaching. And you see the same savior program even in the new age with benevolent aliens coming here to save us and all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's always, mm -hmm. ex basically the savior program is based on seeking salvation or savior externally, or even through a political figure, through a spiritual figure, all of that, that's an iconic implant. Um, going on in the Native American traditions, we have talked about this before, it's called Wetiko, you know, we had Paul Levy on this, on our podcast, he has written about this extensively. Wetiko is an alien force that has intruded the minds of people, a disease of the soul. Um, in the Sufi and Arabian esoteric traditions, they are called the Shaitans and the Jinn, and they are supernatural creatures who, who inhabit an unseen world in dimensions beyond the visible universe and interfere with humanity. Of course, Rudolf Steiner talks about these forces as well. He refers to them in his work to the spirits of darkness, as he calls them, that have taken over human humanity, the Aramanic, Azuric, and Seradic spirits that have also infused humanity uh, into this age of dark age of materialism. And of course, Sri Aurobindo, who I'm referencing a lot in his Integral Yoga, talks about these, he also calls them the powers of darkness that have interfered with the harmonious evolutionary creation uh, um, of humanity, as uh, or the evolutionary process of humanity, as he calls it. And in the yogic or even Hindu tradition, they're called the Pisacha, Raksasha, and Azura, the occult hostile and adverse forces. These are very powerful, hostile, evil demigods, so to speak. Yeah, and also I just want to point out that in Buddhism, they have the four maras, uh, the demons, basically, who tempted uh, Buddha before his enlightenment. So... These are basically meant to represent unwholesome impulses similar to what you just named. So exactly. they have names for them across various traditions and you just have to, you know, I've noticed this from studying like various spiritual teachings. You have to start to understand almost the esoteric meaning of things to see that these various spiritual traditions are actually pointing to the same things in different words in many ways. Exactly. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, more contemporary or recent writings from Don Juan and Castaneda's work. You know, he called it the topic of all topics, speaking of a cosmic predator that uses man of, of food. And Gurdjieff, of course, refers to this quote-unquote predator in the tale of the evil magician and the concept of food for the moon. Yeah. So these are some, some insights in these various traditions who talked about these forces, right? You could even say nowadays in the modern New Age Space soap operas could also be, these forces could also be alien forces, reptilian, gray alien and all of that, right? I kind of intersect, you know, it's kind of sometimes the question is what is truly an alien force, an alien being coming from another planet or what are interdimensional entities that are, have been around here? Because they are also shapeshifters. They can appear in a certain way and this is very tricky. They can most often appear and all the traditions talk about this, appear as a benevolent divine force, take an appearance of a divine force and can deceive people. They can appeal to your belief system. Mm -hmm. They can appear as a Jesus, Mary, 
you know, St. Mary or even as a Palladian and all of that in order to get your consent to engage with them. Exactly. Like just to, as a side note, you know, I recently found another person who did this whole, I'm, I used to be a new age and now I'm a Christian. And she shared about how she made a trap of agreement basically um, to someone that she thought was Jesus, where this being came that, that she said was Jesus that basically said, I'll save you from your sickness if you go around and tell everyone that I did it. Mm. Which just seems like just like, Huge would, would Jesus really no. say like, I'll, I'll save you if you go around and preach about Never. me? Like it just seemed like a classic, um, you know, occult, like, like um, hostile forest appearing as Jesus, but then it, it, luring her with this weird trap exactly. of agreement. Because they need the free will consent exactly. of humans to engage. It's yeah. kind of like the, I've written about this before, the mythology of the vampire, right? Who asks to come in in a house. It's kind of like the parable or the metaphor that they need their permission yeah. to enter the house. And similar, these trap of agreements in order to interfere with your life and take you over. Most often in exchange for cold powers is the false impact of the devil they, oh, the powers, yeah. Exactly. But they most often manipulate people into this consent. Hence, they can be very manipulative. So they are not, you know, you have to understand these hostile forces not necessarily appear like in a Hollywood horror movie, like a demonic entity, like, you know, uh, um, like an alien or very obvious, but can be very charming. They have to understand they tempt to your weaknesses, exactly. to your blind spots, right? Yeah. But from a higher perspective, these need to be seen as tests as Sorry, well. Can I just also make another example, a contemporary yeah. side note? Recently, and I'm sure people have heard this actor, Matthew Perry, died, who knows, seems like another died suddenly case. But I, I, I saw a video of his autobiography where he was praying, please make me famous. I'll do anything if you make me famous before oh. he got on Friends. And, and basically... He got famous after that. He got, that was right before, like 10 days later, he auditioned for Friends, got into Friends. You know, the rest is history. Yeah. But then he said the price that he paid for that agreement was his addiction. And so interestingly, it was almost like this being that made him famous was like, I'm going to make you famous, but you're going to yeah. have to suffer deeply through this attachment to this addiction. That's how I, he I would, read into it. I would say a vast of majority of people in Hollywood yeah, exactly. Have made the pact with the devil. Yeah, when you consciously or unconsciously, exactly. Especially out of this desperation, like I'll do anything. Just yeah. give me this, like fame. Give me this money. Give me this. So this is another topic I'm going to touch upon later. This whole idea of prayer and demanding or manifestation rituals and all of that, and people really um, forcing their will and wanting something really badly. You can get this, but as an in exchange of selling your soul. And literally making the Faust impact with the devil and having an you know uh, an agreement with an hostile force. And I just want to also note, you know, there's a certain sensitization that needs to happen before you can start to articulate what energy is what. Because as long as we are carrying trauma and suppressed emotions and we're identified with our ego ego and our false personality it's you know this is a psychic art to distinguish what you're dealing with and even bernhard and i are 
you know, not like a skill to some people we know in differentiating between what is what. So I see a lot of people throw around these terms and call different things demons or whatever. And also there's a lot of projection going on and misunderstanding around on this topic. So I just want to point that out because I hear a lot of people coming, um, even emailing you sometimes saying, I have 10 entities attached <laughs> yeah. to me. And meanwhile, they're very disassociated. They're not in their body. You know, they haven't done any work with their own trauma. So just to, you know, proceed with a bit of hesitance when just calling things this and that, yeah, especially I, in your life without looking within. I want to definitely, that what you just mentioned is very important. I want to specifically talk about this a bit later until we have kind of set the frame, so to speak. But yes, this topic has been very abused on 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 the other side of the coin as people become more aware of constantly blaming entities for all this stuff, spiritual bypassing, not understanding the teaching function. And you have to have also very high-level integrated sense level of being yeah. and clairvoyant sensitivity to really distinguish what is what. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'll talk about these traps shortly because um, the vast majority of, I've worked with, even one-on-one -on -one who were absolutely certain that's an entity or meant multiple uh, attached to them was actually related directly to their own uh, unconscious shadow uh, soul fragmentation, uh, exile part of themselves, uh, trauma, and all of that. So yeah. we will definitely talk about this. It's very, very important because people have abused this topic. They see entities everywhere, projected externally, and very easily fall into the victim blame trap yes. as well. But before I get into it, I've also heard people, a lot of people denying this topic, right? Mm. Especially like you mentioned in this materialistic paradigm, People deny the existence of, of, of spirit, of God, of, of any spiritual forces, and especially of these occult forces and demonic entities. Mm, right? mm -hmm. They believe that it's just based on human superstition, imagination, mental illness, or they are just all projections of our psyche and, and shadow and all of that. So it's not always the case. Yeah, and uh, most people who I know who have some sort of severe mental illness, namely paranoid schizophrenia, from my experience with them are also dealing with several attachments. And we talk about this on an old podcast that you recorded with Jerry Marcinski. So people can look that up if you're curious to hear more about that. Yeah. But human ordinary consciousness, which obviously stuck in the mind, intellect, and limited five sensory perception, as I mentioned before, cannot perceive these forces directly. And hence, they deny or reject this idea because there is no quote scientific proof. But this take is very quite ignorant and arrogant. And now I want to quote Sri Aurobindo on this topic. Um, it's a longer quote from his book, uh, The Life Divine. He says, There are diverse, diverse forces which act on us, determining the course of events, influencing our thoughts, feelings, and actions, affecting our moods, health, and level of energy, pulling the human being to lower depths or beckoning him towards lofty heights. There are also the hidden forces behind evolution and beneficent forces, which men can learn more and more to draw upon. The powerful sway of life's hidden forces or cold forces shows that man's sense of possession or of sense of possessing a free and independent will is highly illusory as long as one lives in the ordinary consciousness. That puts again into question free will and you know, who are we driven by? Where do our desires come from? Our thoughts and all of that. He continues. Yeah. There are forces and subliminal experience seems to show that they are supraphysical, meaning non-physical beings, embodying these forces. 
that attached in their root nature to ignorance, to darkness of consciousness, to misuse of force, to perversity of delight, to all the causes and consequences of the things that we call evil. These powers, beings or forces are active to impose their adverse construction upon terrestrial creatures, eager to maintain their reign in the manifestation. They oppose the increase of light and truth and good, and still more are antagonistic to the progress of the soul towards divine consciousness and divine existence. That's a key sentence. They are interfering with the awakening process. They're trying to keep people, humanity in a frequency of prison. Yeah. That's why also the moment one a person makes sincere efforts to awaken, engages in the work, there will be forces set upon you through your weaknesses, through your blind spots to try to get you back in place. It's trying right. to take you away from the spiritual path. So that's why I think it's really important to stress the sincerity. Like if you're not engaged in a spiritual practice or any sincerity towards a spiritual path, you're actually less likely to get interfered with by them. Yeah, exactly. It's the irony. It's interesting. So these attacks sometimes is actually a proof that you're on the right track and you did not, I talked about this before, attracted to them because of your bad attitude or thoughts based on this very new agey corrupted idea of law of attraction. But let me continue. He says, <clears throat> It is this feature of existence that we see figured in the tradition of the conflict between the powers of light and darkness, good and evil, cosmic harmony and cosmic anarchy, a tradition universal in ancient myth and common to all systems of occult knowledge. All this our reason cannot grasp, grasp because it is the instrument of an ignorance with a very limited vision and a small stock of accumulated and not always very certain or reliable knowledge. And because, too, it has no means of direct awareness. For this is the difference between intuition and intellect, that intuition is born of a direct awareness, while intellect is an indirect action of knowledge which constructs itself with difficulty out of the unknown from signs and indications and gathered data. Modern thought is aware of no invisible force other than those revealed or constructed by science, it does not believe that nature is capable of creating any other beings than those around us in the physical world, man, beasts, birds, reptiles, fishes, insects, germs, and so forth. The theory of this traditional occult knowledge is perfectly rational and verifiable by inner experience and imposes itself if we admit to the supraphysical, non-physical, and do not cabin ourselves in the exception of material being as the only reality. It is by stepping back from the physical surface into, this, into his inner being and subliminally consciousness that he becomes directly aware of them and is able to know directly and deal with the action upon him. He grows aware of interventions which seek to lead him in one direction or another, of suggestions and impulsions which had disguised themselves as original movements of his own mind and against which he had to battle. He can realize, he, meaning the seeker, or human being, he can realize that he is not a conscious creature inexplicable produced in an unconscious world out of a seed of inconscient matter and moving about in an obscure self-ignorance, but an embodied soul through whose action cosmic nature is seeking to fulfill itself. The living ground of a vast debate between a darkness of ignorance out of which it emerges here and a light of knowledge which is growing upwards towards an unforeseen termination. So what he's saying here, especially in the last part, he really ex um, um, exemplifies, uh, put into words, 
that the war is through us, that we are transducers of higher forces, higher energies. Yeah. You know, we can be transducers for higher forces, divine forces, creative spirits, right? Connect with them and become vessels for the divine, for uh, powerful, beautiful beings uh, through inspiration and, and do the work here in, in God's will. But we can also easily be used by the hostile adverse forces. And, and, and this can we, even happen unconsciously too. Exactly. Uh, it's all unconscious. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely. At the beginning, it's all unconscious because we think it's all my own thoughts, my own feelings. Uh, and like you said, but the idea of free will is really to be questioned if we really dive deeper into it. And the more mechanical we are, the more we are um, unconscious we are, the more we attach to our outer personality and not aware of our, let's say, even basic unconscious trauma, our shadow, our childhood wounding, our patterns, our behaviors, our desires, where they come from, the easier we're being manipulated by these so-called hostile forces and become their puppets. And that's really how it works. That's what we see, even when we talked about this in our last podcast with the Israel-Palestine conflict, that there are call forces behind war, you know, uh, pulling the strings of all sides. Yeah. But through the inner work, you know, we can become then more in alignment with our true self, true essence, and then become more a vessel for divine forces, for the good. And that's how we then truly can make the world a better place. Yeah. And the true self, I mean, I think you can think, I mean, I think there's like a greater self and then a personal true self, you know, the greater self mean the non-dual self they talk about in the non-dual traditions, but then there's the personal connection to self, which is really your personal connection to soul. So is, which also I refer to as your personal connection to your own heart and having the consciousness in the heart. So the more that we are connected to that part of ourselves, the I think the more not only psychic and discerning we can become and the more connected to conscience, but the more that we will automatically repel these forces. Exactly. But I also want to like add to sometimes there can be, you know, um, I, I, I agree that like 95% of these forces are trauma and unacknowledged shadow and wounds that these forces tag into and then exaggerate. But what do you think about like curses put on us from past lives and ancestral Absolutely. curses as well? That's, let's dive into that. Yeah. So I have the whole list here. Let's go into the next topic of how these forces influence humans, interfere or even attach to humans, even up to full-on possessions, which is rare but happens. Yeah. And the question is how do we open up ourselves to the influence consciously or unconsciously? So most important, as you just mentioned, they do need an entry point to come in. Yeah. Now, what is an entry point? <clears throat> Various kinds of entry points. We all have them, right? Unless you're, like you mentioned, completely enlightened, completely grounded in self, have the divine force embodied. So all of humanity, no matter what, is influenced by these forces. If anybody claims that they are not influenced by these forces, that's it's the same as claiming that you're fully enlightened, uh, living in God consciousness. So even like, this is like kind of how I see it, like even a relatively loving, conscious person who's engaged in their inner work could easily get infected by Watiko yes. through, especially when you're confronted by Watiko and another person. It's like this kind of virus that spreads. So like, you know, you could be in a great mood, have a very good life, loving, you know, doing your work, being of service in some sincere way, have a spiritual practice. 
and then you go on Twitter and then some Watiko infested person triggers some, one of your wounds that you haven't fully integrated and you could easily get taken over. So there's varying degrees that we can get taken over, even if you're a relatively loving per embodied person who's connected to your soul. Exactly. Absolutely. So the most common entry points are obviously your unconscious blind spots. We all have them, right? We all have our own blind spots, unconscious trauma, childhood wounding, unintegrated shadow aspects, or giving into the temptations of the lower nature, as I mentioned before, lust, greed, power over others. Everybody has the temptations. A lot of these are normalized nowadays. Pathology has become normalized. Any mechanical reactive behavior, you just act out. Ego blind spots like pride, arrogance, self-importance, but also self-pity, victimizing yourself and blaming others and so forth. Anything that gets you out of self, your true essence, um, or also gets you disembodied out of the body into your head can create an entry point. An energetic level, the aura creates holes. There are holes in the aura, ties into soul fragmentations, and that's where these forces easily come in. And um, basically, like Laura mentioned before, exaggerate all the issues you're already dealing with to another level. Yeah. And that's how we then also can easily be manipulated that way. Mm-hmm. So it is really important, you know, to be aware of all of these things. That's why even in our course, Embodied Soul Awakening, that's why we spend so much time on, I mean, we have we actually give you the uh, Bernhardt's eight-hour occult forces webinar for free with the program. But yeah. in context with looking at trauma, looking at the shadow, because they go hand in hand. So if you're just Key going point. out and blaming demons and entities for things, and you're not engaged in sincere inner work, looking at your childhood wounding, looking at the conditioning, looking at your shadow on a day-to-day -day basis and having tools and self-inquiry uh, processes to you know, become self-aware of that, then it's, it's, it's very difficult to distinguish if you're dealing with an entity or not, because you could actually be dealing with your own shit too. Exactly. And then that's why also I want to go more into this in the second hour about entity removal modalities. There mm -hmm. are highly, a lot of highly questionable stuff out there. People are making all kinds of promises Yes. and sketchy things. And it's not like, excuse me, black and white, but all this, in my experience, all this entity removal stuff is useless if the entry point is not closed. Yeah. And I've been dealing with my own interferences, attachments, hyperdimensional warfare, I've been written about it. I never needed entity removal at all. What I needed to work on were the entry points. And that's how you, what I want to address later on, how you can use these forces as teachers because they will highlight your shit, yes. <laughs> your issues, so to speak. But you still need to have a certain awareness to be to be able to distinguish what is what is what and notice the synchronicities when they come in like the other day um was it i made a post about these forces on twitter um and whenever i do that like i know i'm leaving like us vulnerable to an attack and then we actually got and we had it we had a conflict later where actually i felt was highly augmented through those forces so yeah that's that's another thing on this note by the way i, I wanted to bring this point out also the, the media you consume Right, yes, low yes, frequency, yes. watching porn, watching very violent movies, horror movies, mm. uh, which are very famous scary movies. People think it's all just fun, but those very highly low vibrational um, frequencies and, that are like gateways for these forces. And to I come would in. argue, even 
having a, like a, a hostile force or a demonic force attached to you would inspire you yes. to like those things. Exactly. That's to that's, like this violent porn or violent TVs like that's working through you already. Excellent point. That's what when these suggestions come through your own mind, that's how addictions are based on, right? Which these forces feed upon when you have certain lust desires and feel compelled to watch porn or this and that. That's other forces working through you, trying to get that luge, that lower frequency luge working through you to feed upon. Yeah. Or being like very into horror movies and all kinds of, or black metal, death metal. These are also like portals for very dark energies to come through. And I'm not trying to scare people away. It's just a fact of our reality. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Right? But once you embark on the spiritual path and really want to awaken, need to be aware of that, need to understand uh, what you expose yourself and how you can leave yourself uh, vulnerable for attack and interference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, very important as well that entry points can also be created via strong pharmaceutical drugs, especially prospective psychiatric drugs such as antidepressants, SSRIs, benzodynes, and so forth, which millions of people are taking. Um, obviously, also illegal drugs, especially amphetamines like cocaine, speed, meth, open doorways, heroin, to demonic entities, heroin, all heroin of that. Heroin and fentanyl, too, I've yes. noticed. If you've noticed with fentanyl, I mean, there's a major fentanyl crisis. I know it's happening in Vancouver and lots of other cities across the world. And it makes them like hunch over like a zombie. Yeah. And to me, it's almost like the entity that is attached to fentanyl is creating this certain body posture in the individuals yes. who take it. That's a good point. Very good point. And over time, that's why the issue with um, allopathic medicine, pharmace- so many people, especially in the US, are addicted to pharmaceuticals. They take on a daily basis yeah. high, very strong antidepressants and psychiatric drugs um, that makes them basically numb. It, it checks. It makes them checked out on a metaphysical level. It dislodges the soul. Yeah. You're disassociated. You're not really in body. And that creates the entry point for these other forces to come in. Majority of them numb the emotions, which I think is a critical aspect of cutting off someone from the soul too. Yeah. Now, very important. Uh, and I've talked about this in depth and written a couple articles about it based on Thomas Meyer's book, COVID Vaccines from a Spiritual Perspective, Consequences on the Soul, Spirit, and Life After Death. You can find these articles on my website, veilofreality.com. I had also a podcast with Thomas Meyer, profound work, research, very important, one of the most important books written over the past few years. And he proved through his work, based on Rudolf Steiner's work, he's extremely well-researched. Thomas Meyer has high clairvoyant abilities, very grounded in his research, and he found that the COVID mRNA vaccines, mRNA vaccines, literally contain serratic entities people are being injected with. What's, can you just define for people who don't know what a serratic entity is? A serratic entity is basically a highly malevolent um, entity based on Rudolf Steiner's work, right? That can take over human beings, um, similar to like Azuric beings and entities. And uh, once the soul is pushed away, that's what based on what Rudolf Steiner also said, over 100 years there will be a vaccine developed that will um, dislodge the soul from the body or eliminate the soul, so to speak. Not eliminate, but it's going to get pushed out. Almost. The, soul they... almost, the soul almost, what, as Thomas Meyer said, when people get highly vaccinated with this toxin, uh, rejects the body at some point and then leaves them vulnerable for other forces to come in. But in his research, he found even this, these mRNA vaccines in these um, 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 what do you call it? The, the where the vaccine is contained, the doses 
are already entities infused with which these people are getting injected with are these the ones who inspire like transhumanism they're also transhumanism exactly yeah. he also called them the spirits of transhumanism because they inspire this technocratic age we're get going in of complete takeover so there's a interrelationship between the covid vaccines serratic entities interference attachments and transhumanism and yeah. i'm just mentioning it in a very short nutshell so if you haven't heard about it, don't know about it, um, also before freaking out, read my articles on it on my website. I've written two articles based on his book or get his book. Yeah. Highly recommended COVID vaccines from a spiritual perspective, consequences on the soul, spirit and life after death. And just as a disclaimer, this is not like to be misused and going around and just assume that anyone who's gotten the vaccine has a disconnection from their soul, including yourself, including your relatives. It affects human beings on various different levels. Also keep in mind that 25% of people apparently were injected with saline. So I just want to disclaim, put that disclaimer on it. Yeah, I had the whole disclaimer I've in my article, Thomas Meyer talked about exactly about this, not falling into fear, doom and gloom, not abuses information. There are many unknown factors. Everybody's been, been affected differently by the vaccine. So doesn't mean that everybody automatically has an attached entity. That's why I'm saying you got to read his book, my articles on it, before making any assumptions. Yes. Similar with this whole entity topic. People, I, I give them certain sound bites and then people run with it, completely distorted without doing the proper research and really understanding this topic in depth. That's right? kind of just the state of the world, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, next one. But also... Very important topic. Entry points can also be created by so-called medicine plants and psychedelics yes. like cannabis, ayahuasca, LSD, and others. It's not black and white, but I have a whole article on my website as well. And I experienced it in the jungle, you know, how ayahuasca has been used with black magic, how people have taken on entities in ayahuasca ceremonies, mm. how people have taken on entities with high use of cannabis. Yes. So it's all there. And like all these medicines can be used but also abused. Yes, and right. I also want to note, I think that because of the strength and <laughs> also the genetic modification going on with weed, the combination of the two, we're seeing, it's already been studied and, and, and documented, we're seeing more instances of cannabis-induced psychosis and cannabis-induced quote-unquote paranoid schizophrenia which in my view is actually cannabis abused entity attack or cannabis induced yes. entity attachment. So I know several people now who have, who have become major smokers and not everyone. I also know pot smokers who maybe not so much, you know, but I know people who have literally started to develop both demonic attachments and what would be medically determined as paranoid schizophrenia, most likely through excessive use of this. So this is, I think something that's actually we haven't yet realized the big danger there. Yeah. And the basically, the way it works, the interference or attachment, uh, same with pharmaceutical drugs or strong doses of cannabis, so-called medicine plants. Basically, if you force your body, you know, out of, in, into a higher state of consciousness, like through the, the catalyst of ayahuasca or cannabis, it's really, it can literally create rupture and holes in the aura and energy body and also dislodge the soul from the body. You get out of body, and then something else can easily come in and attach. That's really the basic mechanics of it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Then another one is very important um, on an occult level, right? The 
Many people heard about it, satanic ritual abuse or the notorious MK Ultra program, child sexual ritual abuse and all kinds of initiation rituals <coughs> the powerful elite engages in behind closed door are actually purposely done to open the doorway to powerful Azuric occult entities, demonic entities who take possession of the traumatized individual uh, in order to manipulate it, to use it, and also to gain more occult powers. These are sacrifices. Some of these rituals are done consciously in order to create agreements with powerful occult demonic demigod beings to get yeah. these occult powers, right? But um, you need to engage in a sacrifice, so to speak. But most often these rituals are done, especially on young children. That's It's not just... You know, on a physical 3D level, people think it's just a power and these are just perverts, it's just about sex and all of that. And they just have all these pathological desires and pedophilia. Yeah, that's obviously the case. But from an occult level, they're being done to traumatize children, to traumatize individuals, to install this entity. To right? disconnect from the soul so that the other being can come in and take over the body, right? Exactly, right. And also most of the powerful psychopaths in power, right, who run the world, we all know in the run stage, also nothing more than empty vessels of these powerful evil Azuric occult beings, right? Not all humans are humans. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, externally. They, 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 I mean, that's kind of like the, the nutshell of the MK Ultra program is that if you just traumatize someone to various degrees and you can install another program in there. Yeah, exactly. Now, the, speaking about trauma from an occult level, you know, what happened over the past three years right? With COVID, the lockdown, social distancing, fear programming, oh my God, all of this, human humanity were purposely traumatized in that sense from an occult level to possibly create more entry points for these entities to come in and take over humans. And right? I think we're seeing the effects of that now as well, especially like, because I've noticed that trauma sometimes takes some time to catch up to people and starts to show, before it starts to show real severe symptoms. And what I'm seeing is like some real a lot of symptoms of trauma in people collectively. And that was already pretty bad before, but now it seems like it's even more obvious now. Yeah, because most humans are already, like you said, disassociated of body, you know, through just bad life habits, pharmaceuticals, bad diet, being out of body, being on, on the, you know, just living in front of a screen all the time, not taking care of themselves. And unacknowledged childhood trauma, I think, too. Yeah, abs absolutely, all of that, right? So that's kind of like all these different entry points that are happening because you have to understand, and I wrote about this before, the end goal is what we're witnessing is the alien invasion through our bodies. These forces want to live through us. They want to full create basically vessels, human bodies for incarnational opportunities to incarnate their evil essence into human bodies. It sounds like a sci-fi, but that's really what's happening on a mechanic, on a cult mechanical level, so to speak, and based on all these interferences we have already talked about. Um, then obviously what you mentioned uh, before, people make a lot of trap of agreements with these entities, um, invite them in consciously or unconsciously by yeah. engaging in left-hand path practices, black magic or sex magic practices, and many so-called manifestation rituals, as I mentioned before, people engage in, uh, can create these agreements in exchange for a manifested desire or more power. People want something really bad or they call in some entity and being and help them to manifest that. And you may actually get what you wanted, but at a price. Mm. And the price is most often your soul or 
some uh, deeper agreement similar to what what is his name the actor you just told me about Matthew Perry Mary Perry right it's yeah. the classic Faustian pact with the devil a lot of new agers actually engage in a lot of <laughs> unknowingly black magic practices trying to manifest their desires right? yeah yeah and, and I, this uh, by can the carry over from <laughs> lifetimes too like i've seen this as very common especially in pluto and scorpio generations sometimes yeah. i see this stuff in with Pluto and the 12th house people where there's traps of agreements from past lifetimes, even strong Uranus signatures, you know, there needs to sometimes even be the conscious going back into past lifetimes to undo those traps of agreements. So, yeah. so speaking of manifestation rituals and or the misuse of manifestation rituals and potentially making traps of agreements. I address this topic also in way more depth in an upcoming online workshop I have actually that starts November 18th over three weekends until December 2nd. It's called How to Create Abundance in Alignment of Divine Will. Transform scarcity consciousness into prosperity through connecting to your creative power and purpose. So I go in this program deeper into the idea of the essence of abundance, prosperity, how we need to reconquer the forces of money and power from the hostile forces, not denied, not rejected, cutting through all the false spiritual beliefs and self-sabotage mechanisms we may have around abundance, prosperity, and money. So in that program, we'll also talk more in depth about um, the basically misconceptions or distortions of manifestation ritual or the misconception distortion of the new age idea of reality creation or the law of agreement and put it in a proper context in order to help you really uh, not fall into these traps and unknowingly make any traps of agreements. You can find out more about it at the website createdivineabundance.com. You can register there and it starts again uh, soon, Saturday, November 18th. All right. Um, now going back to more of these entry points, like you mentioned, this is also important. We can have these agreements over lifetimes, right? Many lifetimes. I remember even Thomas Meyer talked about, goes back to Atlantean times or ancient Egypt, we could have made agreements. A lot of karma is just coming back, back around in this day and age. And a lot of these trap of agreements in the past have been made in exchange for power. When people lost their connection to their essence, to soul, to God, to the divine, they were tempted, right? It's this almost the basically classical temptation of the fall of Eden, right? To eat the apple, so to speak. That's a great um, analogy there as well, or metaphor. And I would also say, you know, because sometimes when I t we talk about this topic or I brought it up in sessions with people, that it could be a possibility to still understand that often past life imprints have like a reactivation in this lifetime. So it's still important to engage in all of the things that we've talked about to understand your childhood wounding, any trauma that happened there, engage in shadow work and not just think you need to go to a past life regressionist and they're going to help you close this trap of agreement or, in, or whatever. Because from what I see, there's always some sort of reactivation of this past life energy in this lifetime or there's some sort of pattern in this lifetime where that energy is hooking into. So to still explore this life as thoroughly as you can and to to close the entry point, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. You don't need to now run and trying to get a past life regression and go back and all of this. Yeah. 
no, you don't have to do this. This is most often not needed and it's not even possible. There's so many past lives. And, right? and I also want to say sometimes, you know, people can latch on to that idea as a spiritual bypass because like don't underestimate how the mind creates defense mechanisms around facing really painful stuff. And it's totally unconscious. So a lot of times we don't want to go there. We don't want to look at what happened to us. We don't want to face those wounds, even though it's showing up all over our lives and relationships, because there's a part of us that needed to shut down that experience to deny it, to disassociate it from in order to survive. So, you know, it's really important to really understand your history and, you know, the wounds you're carrying um, in order to close the entry point. So that... Ties, you know, let's finish up. If I mean, it's a lot to cover. We go more into it than in a second hour. Obviously, we go deep into our online program. There's a whole webinar I have on my website. This is again, it's just an overview of this topic, right? And, and like a basic foundation, so to speak. But the question obviously comes down to how can we become aware of these hostile forces and protect ourselves from them, and you know, not be subjected to the influence, right? And the most important part, as Laura mentioned at the beginning, as long as you're grounded in your true self and essence, your true being and soul embodied, they cannot touch you. The true self, your divine being, your essence, your eternal self is the one place they cannot touch. Yeah. Very important. And can I just add something on to that? I feel like this is like a process of soul embodiment. So you have this kind of, ideally, you want the gravitational pull to be more resting in soul than your false personality. But as you engage in inner work, you might deviate where you feel really connected to your soul and then you kind of go off into your own triggers or your own mind or your own, you know, false false self, basically. So it's almost like this gravitational pull from like ego to soul. And then eventually it lands where you really feel grounded in your soul, in your true self most of the time. But it doesn't mean that you can't have occasional lapses in consciousness where you kind of start to identify with the false self again, where you can get taken over. So I'm just saying that this is a work in progress. It's not like, oh, I did a course in soul embodiment, for example, and no. now <laughs> and now I'm and now that's it. Like it's 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 this almost like this rubber band from like ego to soul. And most people are primarily in the regular ordinary world are identified with the false personality. And then as you engage in soul work, as you engage in spiritual work, as you engage in deep inner work, that gravitational pull ideally comes back to soul. And then the point is, is to have that be the baseline of your ordinary or almost like the center of your consciousness so that you notice when you slip into that false self. Yes. So, and also, as we mentioned before, you need to understand, you need to take responsibility. You know, the biggest trap is the victim blame trap, yes. right? Which these forces want you to get, they want you to blame them, right? That any, when you victimize yourself and you put the blame externally, you disempower yourself. You're already vibrating on a lower frequency, yeah. right? And uh, subject yourself to the, those influences. That's the irony of it all. Uh, so understand clearly that it can only tag into what is already there within you or you fell into a trap of agreement, or you've abused substances, or that it was of your own, own doing. In this lifetime, past life, you need to take full responsibility, right? That's the key point. Yes. That also full responsibility connects you to self, because self, you know, does not blame anything external of yourself. And I so hence, when you um, understand that, then you can actually, what is also known in the occult teaching, in the esoteric teaching, spiritual teachings, utilize them as teachers. They have a teaching function in light of the evolution of consciousness. 
right? It's very important to understand. Did you want to say something before? Yeah, because I, I just remember David Hawkins, you know, in his map of consciousness says that below 200 on his map and 200 is actually beginning uh, with the state of acceptance, meaning you have to accept everything that happened to you. You have to accept responsibility. Anything below 200, which is what he said, I think 80 or 85% of the world lives in, is actually correlated with a state of victimhood. Yes, So exactly. immediately once you start to accept and take responsibility, you at least minimum access that crucial 200 state, which is a state of empowerment, where he actually says the entire energy field reverses from one of adversity to one of change. So... It is really crucial to just accept that responsibility as a as also a symbol of your state of consciousness too. Yeah, exactly. So I want to quote um, the mother, Sri Abhinav's partner, and also Tom Montag, you know, some great quotes about this idea that how these forces serve as a teaching function and you need to take responsibility and not falling into victim blame trap. So first, the mother. Attacks from adverse forces are inevitable. You have to take them as tests on your way and go courageously through the ordeal. The struggle may be hard, but when you come out of it, you have gained something and you have advanced a step. That's very important when you really go through the ordeal. Just uh, want to mention the side note. You actually become stronger. You become better. This is like, uh, you see it like a workout, so to speak. And she continues, there's even a necessity for the existence of the hostile forces. They make your determination stronger, your aspiration clearer. It is true, however, that they exist because you gave them a reason to exist. So long as there's something in you which answers to them, which basically are your unconscious wounds, traumas, shadow aspects, lower nature, temptations, desires, whatever they may be, their intervention is perfectly legitimate. If nothing in you responded, if they had no hold upon any part of your nature, they would retire and leave you. Mm. Very important. And then Tom Montag. Do you want me to read this one? Um, yeah, go ahead, read. Um, yeah, Tom Montag. While we may not always be the source of injustices against us, we are the cause of its entrance into our lives. The matrix, even with all its imbalances and corruption by those free will entities who have overstepped their place in nature, is nevertheless still a learning program entirely responsive to our own ignorance and weaknesses. It may be a predator's choice to attack, but it is our choice to accept the attack and to succumb to it. The matrix control system can only trip us via the elements within us that correspond to its low vibratory nature. If we, are igno if we ignore our intuition, have blind spots in our awareness, or engage in ignoble feelings and behaviors, then these are the avenues through which we are had. Attacks serve to identify our own weaknesses, thus providing focus for where to take the next step on one's path of spiritual awakening. You are in some way responsible for all that happens to you, whether you created it or allowed it. The attacks you receive ultimately serve to teach you lessons, and how successfully you defend against these attacks determines how easily you learn your lesson. Learning a lesson before the experience often voids the necessity of having to experience it. Second, in the absolute sense, the matrix control system serves to accelerate your spiritual growth and although its agents see you as the enemy, know that you can utilize them as teachers. You do not need to seek them out, for they will find you as you progress in your learning path. Most importantly, know that you will never be given anything you cannot choose to handle successfully. Exactly. 
So um, basically, we're on the end of the first hour. We have way more to cover in the second hour. Yeah, well, can you just go over a little bit what we're going to talk about in the second hour? Exactly. So I also want to just close off this, you know, based on what everything and said in a nutshell, how can you protect yourself? It is the inner work. It is the great work. This is what it all comes down 24-7, right? And I was understanding that the mass majority of these interferences are very subtle, nuanced, and often time hardly distinguishable from your own childhood trauma triggers, shadow projections, and uh, all kinds of unconscious psychological causes. So how to differentiate that? This will be diving deeper in the second hour. But, you know, based on what we shared right now, it's about closing the entry point. What is the entry point? Well, that's why trauma work, shadow work, and connecting to your true self essence, spiritual work, uh, since the aspiration to the divine, really combining psychological and spiritual work are essential keys to eliminating the influence of these occult hostile forces in our lives permanently. Um, yeah, so in the second hour, we go deep into differentiate what is mine, what could be another entity. Um, understanding that, like I just mentioned, there's a lot of these interferences are very subtle and hardly differentiate from our own own psychological stuff. Um, <clears throat> the necessity, obviously, also to know thyself truly, to make the distinction, right? To know what is what, that's very important as well. It creates a high, certain level of being and awareness to be able to make the differentiation. Um, we talk about the trap of making assumptions regarding entity attachments, when the cause could be way more simple. People jump on this bandwagon way too fast, as I said, blaming entities right away when there are many, many other issues could be happening. We talk about occult forces in Jungian shadow work. The difference between certain aspects, obviously our shadow needs to be integrated, but certain aspects sh should not be integrated, you know, mm. deeper, larger, you know, archetypal energies, archetypal beings that are very powerful. You don't want to integrate them, of course. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned before, we talk about certain entity removal modalities and the issues with them. And there's a very fascinating new book I'm reading, um, IFS, Internal Family System book, called The Others Within Us, where actually a practitioner of IFS, a very uh, popular teacher, I forgot, Robert Falcon is I think his name? I think right? so, yeah. yeah. Wrote this book where they came across so-called, what they called unattached burdens, which are really entity attachments. Yeah, the full title is The Others Within Us, Internal Family Systems, Porous Mind, and Spirit Possession. It's really fascinating. It's a thick book. I'm in the middle of reading it. It's over how many pages? 600 pages. And it's for the first time really, uh, um, um, you know, bridging psychological work with, this, with the spiritual realm and all of that. But again, we need to also, even he writes in this book, really understand our inner parts, our personal parts, inner child, exiles, and differentiated that from actual entity interferences. we also be talking more about earthbound spirits, right? We have uh, not talked about them yet. Spirits of diseased humans that are caught in the border realm, they're stuck earthbound and can easily attach and interfere to other humans as well. Um, also talking about uh, going back to Thomas Meyer's work and the COVID vaccine, the spiritual consequences and life after death. He talks a lot about earthbound spirits. A lot of people who uh, die because of the vaccine tend to stuck earthbound for various reasons and what that means and what can be done in all of that and more in the second hour. If you're not a member yet um, and want access to the second hour, go to my website, veilofreality.com. You can sign up to the membership there. You have access to all the second hours of over 100 episodes. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be right back. <laughs>